Good morning. I'm so excited. The choir this morning is going to be singing a number of songs from a hymnal that we do not yet have in the pews. It's called Las Voces del Camino. Would you guys hold up your purple hymnals? This is similar to singing the journey. It's a hymnal supplement, but it's all in Spanish. This hymnal came out in 2010, and eventually we will have these in the pews. We will start singing more in Spanish together, but I bought enough copies for the choir to start learning the songs and helping to teach you. We're going to start off with some circle singing, which you are most welcome to join. Circle singing is a style of singing invented by Bobby McFerrin, where the song leader just starts creating patterns, and we create layered music in the moment. And so I'll give you, when it's your turn, I'll come and teach you a part to sing along and the choir will show you how that all works. So we're gonna do some circle singing to start off. You don't need books, we're circle singing. <laughs> Basics. Amar, amar, amar. 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 invite you to rise and body your spirit for the call to worship. the moment. Now, 
when like the ancient ones we gather in ritual, fire, rhythm, and word. This is the moment, now, to be who you are, all that you are, and to love who you love. For no one exists apart from the holy, and there have been no mistakes. This is the moment, now, to bring your thinking mind and your wild heart. Now, by our gathering, we create a sanctuary for remembering, being, loving, and summoning our powers to heal. Come, let us worship together. I invite you to join us in singing Sequeabrira Estarosa. The words are in your order of service. If you'd like to look at music and sing in English, it's number 396 in the gray hymnal, I Know This Rose Will Open, a beautiful song by Mary Gregolia. Please be seated. Isn't it wonderful to hear our beautiful choir sing again? Good morning. I'm Judy Goring, your worship leader. And whether you are physical or virtually in the sanctuary or the social hall or the family room, welcome. I invite you to take a look around for a moment and notice who is sitting next to you or who else is on Zoom with you. Take a look around. Everyone in the sanctuary, please look up to the camera up here on the stage and wave to our Zoom family. They are part of us today as well. It's good to be together, whether it's your first time or whether you're already familiar with this place. You are all an essential part of our celebration today. Our services are multi-generational they tend to get a little lively sometimes. Kids are welcome to sit right up front or anywhere in the sanctuary. We have a playground, which is, looks like it's being used right now, in front for our smallest congregants with a soft rug and cool toys. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a children's table in the back with some quiet activities. And for youngsters who could use, you know, a little more room uh, to move around. The family room across the hall uh, has toys and a live feed of the service. We are people of many beliefs, many origins, 
sexualities, and genders. We are all growing, all learning, all loved. You are all welcome here. I invite you to settle in for some moments of meditation. Settle in to a comfortable place. Take some time to notice your body, the way it's sitting, the way it feels to breathe. Notice any tension that you are feeling and see if you can shift or breathe in ways that will help to release some of that tension. Notice the presence of others around you, shifting, breathing, releasing their tension too. How cool is it to have found our way to this shared space this morning with all these other folks, individual bodies connected to other individual bodies, unique and special and yet so interconnected to one another. Each of us tracing our lineage back to the stars, to the stars, to stardust. Each of us connected to each other, connected to other living things, connected to the universe. In these moments of silence, let yourself revel in the mystery and the magic of it all.
and love, we continue in prayer. We are feeling sadness and shock that Melissa Naku has died. It was only a few weeks ago that we were offering her prayers as she started treatments for cancer. And this came much quicker than anyone has expected. We offer gratitude for all that she brought to this community. And we are holding Dumas and the whole family in warmth and love. And we honor the life of the Reverend Todd Taylor, who after a long life passed away on February 15th at the age of 93. Reverend Taylor was minister here from 1982 to 1987, and his ashes will be added to the memorial wall. Let's take a breath together. At the sound of the chime, you're invited to share in the chat or say aloud all the names that are on your heart this morning, the people and places that could use our collective care. All these, named aloud and held on our hearts, we lift up to the great powers of healing and renewal known by many names. As we lift up some other names in the community, those on Zoom are also invited to share other joys and concerns in the chat. Judith Riley, who is home from the hospital, is now dealing with COVID. When she's done isolating, she'll be heading to rehab, and we wish her well as she works on getting healthy. And we hold Jetta Reynolds, whose sister just received a terminal cancer diagnosis. We hold all of them in community. I think of the connectedness we feel when something happens to someone in this congregation and our community collectively feels the sadness or the joy. Spirit of life, help us to always remember the ways that we touch others, the ripples of people who are connected to us in ways that we might sometimes forget. I think about the tens of thousands of people who have died in Turkey and Syria and the ripples of impact that their lives will have touched. I think about the one-year anniversary of a war in Ukraine and the ripples of lives touched, of the environmental impact and the lives touched by the train derailment in Ohio. Spirit of life, may we remember all the ways our lives are interwoven with those around us and with the earth, the ways our lives are important to people who might not even know us. May we stay connected to each other, stay connected to the vast stars in the sky, to the miracle of a planet that was birthed from the mystery of the nothingness of life and then the somethingness of life, to the magic of it all, interconnected, interdependent, intertwined. May we not lose sight of it all. Amen. Peace be with you. El amor nunca pasará. Love will never end. There is nothing more perfect than love. Love will never end because God is love. The verses of this anthem come from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. This is one of the most famous biblical chapters on the topic of love. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. 
love never fails, all of those things. It's a litany of love. El amor nunca pasará. We've been talking about love all month now, all through February. Last Sunday, Bob shared some of the wisdom our congregation's eldest elders have acquired on the matter. And he described some of the neurochemical changes that happen when we experience love for another person, which reminded me of a story I read a long time ago. The story is about a graduate student of anthropology 
a man who was madly in love with another student in his program, but she did not return his affection, and this was terribly disappointing and painful for him. He was filled with longing, and he wondered how he could ever win her over. So being a scientist, he decided to take a pragmatic approach. In the course of his studies in biological anthropology, he had learned about the role of the brain chemical dopamine in sexual attraction. He also knew from his work in anthropology that if you have some kind of a very novel experience with another person, that combination of being together and doing something novel can drive up the dopamine in both of your brains and predispose the brain for romantic feelings. So, <laughs> when he found out that both he and the other student would be attending a conference in Beijing, he decided to put this theory into practice by inviting her to come with him on a rickshaw ride. And luckily, she agreed. And it was a wild, chaotic, and exciting experience. They zoomed all through the city, making turns and going over bumps. And all through this ride, she was laughing and she was holding on tightly to him. And he knew something was definitely happening. Sure enough, an hour later, they got off the rickshaw and she exclaimed, Oh my gosh, wasn't that exciting? And wasn't that rickshaw driver handsome? <laughs> This comes to us from the biological anthropologist, Helen Fisher. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Love is a word that, like soul, is hard to define. There's an affirmation or a statement of purpose that's often used in Unitarian Universalist congregations, and we've used it a lot here, too, in the past. It begins, love is the spirit of this church. Love is the spirit of this church. In January, when we were planning this month's services, I thought it might be interesting to use this last Sunday in February to look back at the other February Sundays for some clues. With love as the theological theme that inspired all of our services this month, what does it look like you use think love is? I thought that would be an interesting way to come at it. How is love the spirit of this church? On the first Sunday, we held our annual eulogy service. That's where we lift up the names and stories of notable people who died in 2022. Remember that service? It already feels like a long time ago. They're people whose names we might not have known before, but whose lives impacted lots of others, maybe even our own. There's always a really big justice theme in the eulogy service. Always a lot of people whose lives somehow advanced civil rights or they helped move society toward equality in race, gender, abilities, sexual preference, health care, other issues. Michael Eric Dyson says, justice is what love sounds like when it speaks in public. The eulogy service has a lot of that kind of love. On the second Sunday, I preached about the souls of animals. That topic was the winner at last year's social justice auction, where I, I auction off a sermon topic. And I talked about our interconnectedness with non-human beings and our bonds with them and our moral relationship with them. So that service had themes of connection and caring, definitely things that are related to love. That afternoon, we held a justice event. And even though it was Super Bowl Sunday, as probably 12 of you reminded me, <laughs> even though it was Super Bowl Sunday, almost 50 people attended a film screening at a town hall with a state senator that day to learn about an issue of consent, a moral issue that affects patients at teaching hospitals, often women. And our church's social justice council sponsored that event by contributing $1,000 to fund ongoing advocacy around it. That $1,000 was raised in last year's social justice auction, so we came full circle that Sunday. And last week, the third Sunday, Bob preached sharing some of that wisdom 
about love that our congregation's elders have acquired in life. So that day we talked about it in multi-generational terms. Our Sundays also contained a lot of other evidence of how love is the spirit of this church. I bet you can think of some of it now. Volunteers greeting and serving coffee to each other, families with children and babies being welcomed in the sanctuary, and in our children's program, sharing resources by giving away a lot of the Sunday collection to our community partner. This month, it's, this last quarter, it's been street safe. And then that's just on the Sundays, if we just look there. In between, all week, every week, this campus is really busy with people getting together to care and serve. This week, our youth group, or last week, our youth group went to the Roundhouse to talk with legislators about the values and the issues that matter to them. I'm so proud of our youth. And we share this campus with two other congregations, you probably know, with the Center for Spiritual Living and with Minara Muslim Community, because we believe that more diverse, progressive congregations are good for our community. And the more we help each other thrive, the more we can conspire to increase love and justice all around us. When we pan back and look at February, it looks like we use see love as something that is lived and shared and multiplied. It's personal, it's interpersonal, and it's collective. The Upanishads, sacred texts of the Hindu tradition, contain a couple of really cool images of the heart. One thing that's really remarkable about the text's description of the physical heart is how accurate it is. It was written over 4,000 years ago, but it describes blood flowing from the body through the heart, through the lungs, and then back out into the body. Ancient people had figured this out already. In this ancient text, the heart is called herdayam, which means brings, gives, goes. Brings, gives, goes. And in the Upanishads, the heart is also described in non-literal terms. The text says that within the heart is a house in the shape of a lotus. And within the lotus is the immortal self, which it says is like a flame without smoke. The text goes on to say that this flame is the light that remains even when the sun and the moon are out of sight. It's what we might call the spark of the divine within each person. But according to that ancient text, the Upanishads, the light within us is not just a little spark that flowed into us from the source of all being. It also flows out from us, enveloping the whole universe. It flows into and through and out from us brings, gives, goes. It's our link to something larger than ourselves. Some might call it light or the spirit of life, and some call it love, and some saying that God is love, call it God. Love brings, gives, and goes right through our hearts. That's why we find it so hard to define, but we know it when we see it. Because love doesn't make a very good noun. It's not a thing. It's too slippery for that when we try to define it that way. We can't pin it down. Love is a verb. It's something that we do. Whether we're trying to grow friendship love or family or romantic love or practice love by working for justice, any of these ways that we put it into action, because it is a verb, because it's something that we do, we can grow more skillful at it all through our lives. Here are some examples. I'm going to lift up four love skills that we can practice if we want to get better at love. And who doesn't want to get better at love, right? We all want to get better at love. The first skill is imagination. Did you know that your imagination is a love skill? It is. It is. To love, it helps to have the ability to imagine that the other person's experiences and feelings may be really different from your own, that they have their own perspective. It's 
easy to default to our own interpretations of people, right? We do it without even thinking about it. But if we can default instead to imagining, if we can default to wondering, then that opens the door to better understanding and empathy. Inviting another person to share their experiences with you is a good way to make or deepen a connection. You can even do it during coffee hour or during our our breakout rooms after the service if you're on Zoom by asking others to tell you what resonated with them in the service. Because even if you know the person very well, it might be something completely different than what you expect or what resonated with you. In fact, it might be something you didn't even notice in the service, and that can be a really good conversation. The second skill is presence. That's the quality of our attention when we engage with others. Are you really with them? Does the quality of your presence invite them to connect back with you? So as an example, when we're doing justice work as a way of living our love in the world, it's tempting to be very task-oriented with an eye on the prize kind of mindset. Work, work, work. Get that goal met, right? And other people can start to look like cogs in a machine for justice, just there to get something done. But the relationships we build in the process, the love that can actually develop by working together, sharing an experience in an intentional present way, that also helps transform the culture and the community around us. Adrienne Marie Brown talks about this in terms of fractals. And a fractal is a pattern that repeats itself at various scales. In relationships, individuals who are caring and present with one another create teams that are caring and present, which leads to an organization or a movement that has these same qualities, which is pretty irresistible to others in these mean, tiring times we live in right now. I mentioned caring. That's the third skill. Caring, it's our desire that another person be well and happy, and also our our tangible expressions of that desire. That might seem really obvious, but we get into a routine with people, right? We just get into habits with people, and we can forget to specifically show them our care, whether that's setting aside time for them or sharing a fun experience or giving them a little gift from the heart or going out of your way to help them when they wouldn't necessarily expect it. you got to act on that feeling of caring. Show them. And the fourth skill is reciprocity. What do I mean by reciprocity? I mean sharing your inner world with somebody else and being willing to receive their presence and their care. Love tends to not last long or work super well as a one-way street, right? When somebody else is present and they show care but they don't let you get to know them and care for them in return, it feels not that great, right? It creates kind of a power imbalance that doesn't really feel like love. It feels more like the way we might relate to a professional of some kind, like a therapist or something. Not how we relate in loving relationships. And it can make you feel lonely, like even in the relationship. So don't be the person that inflicts that on others. Unless you really are their therapist, then do that. (laughs) Give, Give and receive. Imagination, presence, caring, and reciprocity. Before I wrap up this morning, I want to tell you one more story. This one has examples of caring and reciprocity in it. Back in 2018, about five years ago, in another sermon, I shared another idea from Hinduism and Buddhism. It was the story of Indra's net, a vast, sparkling net that hangs over the palace of a deity named Indra. Indra's net stretches out as far as you can perceive and farther. It's very intricate and lovely, like a spider's web, but it spans infinity through time and space. At each place where the threads of the net connect, a single glittering jewel has been hung. 
And since the net is infinite in its dimension, there's an infinite number of jewels as well. And they stretch out across the vastness of existence. They're suspended in the net, they're supported by it, and they catch the light and twinkle just like stars. Each one has distinctive form and a distinctive color, but it also has another quality. The jewel's radiance does not just come from itself. Each jewel also reflects the light of all the other jewels in the net. So you get this infinite process of reflection. Each jewel helps make the whole net and each one reflects the whole as well. And it wouldn't be the same if it were apart from the rest. That's the story of Indra's net. Several months after sharing this in a sermon, I got an email from Melissa Niku. That's the member of our church, Kristen mentioned a few minutes ago, who died unexpectedly this week. Melissa was very active here. She served on the board a while back. She volunteered in the office. She was a talented cook who fed the entire staff on more than one occasion. She was also responsible for transforming our church's memorial garden from a pretty barren spot into a true garden. She made it bloom with vines and hollyhocks and roses and sunflowers and all kinds of things. Melissa once told me that the reason she grew and grew beautiful flowers here at the church is because it helped her transform the sadness and suffering from her life into love and beauty. That was her express mission. Several months after sharing the story of Indra's net, I got an email out of the blue from Melissa, just out of nowhere. She said she could not get the story out of her mind, and she was sure this meant that she was supposed to do something with it. She had a vision that Indra's net would be depicted in our memorial garden. A few months later, Melissa and her friend Martha had created it, right out there under the shade structure. And now, at every gathering in that sacred space, which we do much more because it's a true beautiful garden, we gather there so much more often, at every gathering, that Indra's net reminds us of our interconnectedness and of how the light of our being shines, not just in our own bodies, but in the lives of everybody around us too. And now it's a symbol of Melissa's love for all of us, and perhaps an inspiration to love more in our own lives. May it be so. Amar es entregarse, olvidándose de sí. Love is forgetting the self and seeking happiness for the other. How beautiful it is to live in order to love, to have in order to give. This is a traditional Mexican song that we learned first back in November when Francisco Ruiz was visiting us and he told us that this was a favorite song that he sang when he was growing up in Ecuador and he played it on the guitar and sang it. So it's a lovely, charming song about love. Amares entregarse.
We're out of sequence here. <laughs> this is the home that love made. It is full of love that the founders felt when they planned out these walls and raised these beams above us. It is full of love of all who have worshiped here, those who have celebrated and grieved here, the babies dedicated, couples married, and family members mourned here. It is full of love of our children as they learn and laugh together, and our youth as they grow into their own sense of purpose and meaning. It is full of love of staff who have served it, full of their hopes for this congregation, their hard work and their acts of dedication. This is the home that love made. Today is the last opportunity to support this quarter's Change for the Future partner, StreetSafe New Mexico. They're a small, all-volunteer-run organization that provides essential services to women trafficked in the sex trade. Many at the same time are unhoused or in need of mental health or other care. You can donate to Street Safe by dropping your loose change in the collection box or by using the envelope in the back of the chair. Simply label the envelope CFF. For those on Zoom, there's a link in the chat. Each one of you, by your commitment of time, energy, and resources, help make the love of this church real and tangible. We will now gratefully receive this offering with all our love. And we will now gratefully receive it at the right place in the service. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start at Kelindo. Kelindo and then verse 2. One, two, three, one.
I invite you to join me in blessing our offering this morning. And before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all of the volunteers that make Sunday mornings tick, including our ushers. And our order of service is sometimes a little bit confusing as we lean into a new liturgy. So thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for your, uh, your generosity in helping us live out love in, with our partners in our community. So thank you. We have just one invitation this morning. Judy, do you want to... We got this. <laughs> Reverend, um, what do you believe? Why do you believe it? Moreover, what values and beliefs ground your faith actions in the larger world? Reverend Bob Lavalle invites you for a four-part workshop called Creating Theology Together. The workshop begins April 1st. Really, I'm not fooling. It's April 1st. And will engage you with the name, your UU theology and identity. For details and to register, see this week's e-broadsheet. For those of you who are, not, who are maybe new to the church, the e-broadsheet is our electronic newsletter. If you are interested in this workshop, the folks at the welcome table out in front can help you. Thank you. We're going to bring back a practice that we really loved doing before when we were online only, and that is to offer a question for you to continue reflecting on as you uh, go about your week and think about it with your friends and neighbors or yourself, or as you go back out into the coffee hour or into the uh, chat breakout rooms on Zoom. And that is just a question to continue reflecting on. So today we ask, what memorable act of love have you received? And what memorable act of love would you like to give? And do, you do we have any new newcomers here today? I know we have 91 folks online. Maybe there are some folks online who are newcomers. We, we want to just greet you and um, offer you gratitude for being here with us today with a round of applause. <clears throat> And will you all rise in body or spirit, offering our peace greeting to one another, one hand on your heart and the other hand outstretched to this community, offering our love and care for one another. Now reach down and grab that turquoise hymnal and turn to number 1004, right in the front of the book, Busca el amor, seek out the love in you. Love is, grows greater when it is shared. We're going to sing the whole song, and if the verses feel like an awful lot of Spanish, feel free to let the choir sing those, or sing, I think there's some English right below it, and when you get to the chorus, the, the words are pretty repetitive, so just Give that Spanish a try. Busca el amor.
and peace, friends, may love bless you and keep you. Que el amor los bendiga. Blessed be.